When Arsenal knocks on the door of players, it's a different knock than other clubs. Clubs, clubs, clubs. The Different Knock, an Arsenal podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Different Knock Preview Podcast, your favourite spin-off from your favourite Arsenal-based podcast. Uh, good to see you again for a new season. I'm delighted to welcome uh, Matt from the US Foxes podcast on with me today. Uh, we're recording at 7am my time, 11pm his time. He has very graciously stayed up late for me. Uh, no, no problem, and, man. And yeah, we're going to have a little chat on Leicester today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing great, man. I uh, just came from uh, watching my local team, the San Diego Loyal, had a match. Uh, they got a nice win. Um, so spirits are high this evening. And a little bit, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't anxious <laughs> going into Saturday against uh, an Arsenal team that, quite frankly, man, you guys are have been uh, pretty impressive thus far this year, both uh, transfer-wise and uh, with your results so far. Yeah. Things are looking good, but uh, as 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 from experience, that can be sometimes when a, a shock comes along and and humbles Arsenal a little bit. But we'll hope that that doesn't happen for a while. <laughs> yeah. what, the first question I have to ask: How on earth did you choose Leicester from San Diego? What 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 happened there that that made you support the Foxes? Uh, it's a gentleman named Casey Keller. You might be, uh, I'm not sure how old exactly you are, but you might be familiar with him. He was a U.S. national team goalkeeper, and I was a goalie uh, growing up as a kid. So he was my hero. Um, where he was our World Cup goalie. Um, and I got to meet him shortly at a, at a uh, USA development camp when I was younger, and he was giving out Lester towels. He had just transferred from Millwall, so I was dangerously close to cheering for Millwall uh, if you think about it so that, was, that one is a close one so yeah I've been following the club since then um, back in the day it was way hard as a kid though you know I was 11 years old and it was excite.com uh, football chat rooms and uh, paying doing lawn work for my grandmother for her to buy the pay-per-views used to be about $30 a piece if you wanted to watch them um, so I would do lawn work for her and then did everything basically you could to follow the club, and and those are some good days with some some really good heroes for the club. Um, when you're talking about your Emil Heskies um, <laughs> and players like that, your Jerry Taggarts that are still great representatives of the clubs, your Muzzy Isits and the lot that that just were made me a Leicester fan through and through. And for years and years, it was so bleak, and and quite frankly. Uh, there was no joy in it whatsoever outside of the supporters that I got to meet in these online chat rooms and have since formed 20 year plus friendships with that they go so deep. I now have met their kids and some of them are even in front office positions with the club and back office positions with the club and work in the equipment rooms or work on the ground staff. It's it's incredible just what a small family um, Lester really is at the core. Yeah, that's that's amazing. And We've, I've, uh, I've had a few um, people from from different kind of nations on on the preview, and it's always really interesting to find out about kind of how, especially international fans, came to their club because I think a lot of the time international fans get a bad rap about uh, for some reason um, 
you know there's a, there's a lot of kind of shit talking on uh uk based fan side um when in reality you guys are getting up a crazy o'clock in the morning and paying $30 to see a championship team face Plymouth Argyle and, and, and crazy things like that. So uh, I, fair play, because if, I mean, I, I've, I've only, only had five hours sleep tonight and I don't, uh, it's not a pleasurable experience. So to do that on a regular <laughs> basis to watch your club is, is amazing. Well, I've had so much, you know, practice at this, you know, because I've been following the club for so long, both practice and I'm so used to every insult from UK fans that, especially after 2015, before before 2015, it was, why the absolute hell are you a Leicester fan? Are you stupid? And then after 2015, it was, well, of course, you're a Leicester fan. You're a bandwagon, you know, and, and it's so whether it's one way or the other, I'm used to it. And yeah, we have. Not so many of the there's a, there'll be a few 4:30 a.m. matches this year, but it's usually right around. We have we were six o'clock, uh, six a.m. versus Brentford last week, and uh, we'll be seven o'clock a.m. versus you guys. And uh, we we call ourselves the Leicester City Dawn Patrol. Uh, we're we're pretty proud of the fact that we do get up that early, and we have a pretty loyal fan base here in San Diego and in the U.S. Really, the New York Foxes. Shout out to those guys. Um, they're our counterparts have had so many great times with them, you know, celebrating this club. And I've been friends with them for so many years because, you know, being an American Leicester fan was such a rarity prior to 2015 that if you were, uh, there's a 90% chance that we all know each, knew each other or know each other still to this day. So yeah, it's, it's, it comes with the territory, but, but we got pretty thick skin. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Uh, alrighty. Time to talk all things Leicester. We'll move on to a club scout report. As a Leicester fan, what is the the kind of one thing that we should look out for as Arsenal fans? Um, you know, if some for, for me, like, is there anything new in the style that you're playing? Um, you obviously haven't had the opportunity to, and we'll talk about this a bit more in depth later, um, register any new players or buy any new players yet. So um, what, with the with the current injuries that are going on, what are we seeing from Leicester that we should look out for that 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 you would think is 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 newer? I would say the the there's a few things that that will pop off uh, for anybody that's been watching Arsenal Leicester matchups for a while. Uh, we'll start at the back right away. You're going to notice a new number one for us because um, after 11 years, um, the legendary Casper Schmeichel has has uh, left the club for. <laughs> the south of France, and I uh, can't really blame him. It's a, it's, it's a nice place to be. Um, love the man to death, and only wish him the best. There's, it's 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 weird to to see anybody else back there. I mean, when you get so used to seeing somebody as as I'm sure you guys can relate to, it, it it's it's crazy once you get somebody else in there. And now we've got Danny Ward, um, who's wearing the number one. He's a Welshman, and and uh, he's really been impressive when he's been in for us. Some huge penalty saves, whether it was FA Cup matches, Carabao Cup matches. The man has performed for us. He performed insanely well for Wales uh, at the Euros. He kind of made a name for himself there. But then he got an injury. He picked up for Wales um, in a friendly. And we hadn't seen him all preseason, so it was a shock to everybody when the day before the Brentford match, it was announced that he got the number one because nobody had seen him in preseason. So he came in against Brentford and, and really did well. Um, obviously we drew with them and uh, but that was not both goals were we hung him out to dry absolutely there's nothing he could do and he had some nice saves for us so that'll be the first one that jumps off the next one will be Wesley Fafana he was hurt 
damn near all last year for us, and uh, he is quite the topic right now um, in London, as I'm sure that you've heard, and uh, the kid is is absolutely special. He does things um, that are so far beyond his years, you, you really start, when you see it, you can't believe that this will really only be his, you know, second year if you can you can't even really call it that of Premier League football he he does things that just they scream a, you know a 10-year vet whether it's passing lanes that he sees or he steps up and makes plays he'll stay up top on corners he's very dangerous that way as well so he'll be something to look out for um, and then the other one is is I would say the emergence of the Kieran Dewsbury Hall midfield that we're starting to see um, we had we had heard, you know, the whispers from Luton Town where he was before and, and people telling us about him and, and what he was. But getting to see it with our own eyes is, has been special. And what he has turned into is uh, is they're talking about him being our um, vice captain even. And unfortunately, he was subbed off last week. But he, when he was clicking with James Madison and Yuri Tielemans in the midfield, it was looking good. So I'd say those uh, those three. Um, Pat Daka is a striker that you might not have seen much of last year from us, but he's supposed to be, you know, the heir apparent, very pacey player um, up top for us to slide in, you know, and hopefully be our, our next uh, striker talisman as uh, Jamie continues to get a little bit older. Cool, 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 cool. And I, I wonder whether to talk about the transfers now, but I'll, I'll save that for, for a second. You've obviously had a lot of injuries, um, you know, I think it's Ricardo Pereira's out for six months or something. How, what, what's changed between kind of pre-season and that happening and, and your first game against Brentford formation wise? Um, have, have you been, because also Harvey Barnes, I believe was out. Um, and you know, due to that, you're already on a bit of a thin squad. So I, I wonder if anything kind of tactically or, or formation-wise has changed since then that would also be kind of interesting to look out for. No, it, it was weird. It, we really didn't know what to make of the formation, when, the lineup when we saw it come out. It was kind of a five at the back, but it was also like this weird three-one diamond. It, it would form into a diamond. Like I said, when that midfield was clicking, it was this pacey, diamond look um and and it really was something that we've seen before and I don't think we would have been able to run it if if we didn't have a player like Timothy Castagne to step in behind Ricardo Pereira um for Ricky it's it's just been one injury after the other so it's it's honestly just terrible is the luck that that man has had uh and and we're gonna miss him but we have Timothy Castagne the Belgian that that has done really good things for us he scored a goal against Brentford um, and and has looked dangerous and we we really are good in that sense um, the Harvey injury you know we've heard it's it's going to be a couple weeks um, he's obviously a player trying to make a name for himself so I'd be surprised if he doesn't find every way to get back on the field um, I don't think you guys are going to have to see him necessarily but he's definitely a player along with um, James Madison that would like to impress Garrett and get into that World Cup side. So he's he's definitely a player to watch for, but I, I don't think you're going to have to worry about him uh, on Saturday. Amazing. Thanks, mate. Uh, we will move on to uh, the game in context. So this tends to be a section where we talk about kind of 
especially latter part of the season, the game in context for both clubs and and how important it is or what's riding on it and, and things like that. And obviously with literally only one game played, it, it becomes a, a very interesting topic to manoeuvre a bit. But I guess from an outsider's perspective, uh, Rodgers has had a tough couple of seasons in that, you know, was leading the charge for Champions League football, uh, not last season, but the two seasons before that and finished just outside. Obviously, last season did not go to plan um, for Leicester uh, uh, with, you know, horrendous injuries to Fafana in pre-season. And, and then kind of throughout the season, you guys were were plagued with injuries consistently. I guess how important is this season for Brendan Rodgers and is it is he on the verge would you say if if this season doesn't go well of losing his job like what what's what's the safety net do you think well it's interesting and I, I'm not the best one to ask because I'd be lying if I said I wasn't ready to see Brendan's head um, after that loss to Forest last year uh, in the FA Cup that was um, one of the most disappointing losses I've honestly ever endured maybe outside of Watford um, to be spanked like that in a match you know at the city ground like it was just it was inexcusable in my opinion and to be fair though with last season the we ended up eighth and I'm not kidding when I say Wesley Fafana that injury in preseason destroyed our plan for our back you know four or three whatever we end up running and it, it forced us into a position where we were buying players, you know, from Southampton, uh, like Bertrand and Vestergaard, that, that Southampton were more than happy to offload for what we were paying and kind of got us into the situation we are now with transfers where we have to get rid of some of these players that are eating up funds. And um, I honestly believe if West does not sustain that injury last season, we're looking at a fifth-place finish. He's that big of a, a difference. So I, I do feel like last season he kind of gets a pass outside of that um, because of just what you spoke about the injuries. Um, I do think that the ice is getting thinner and thinner. Now, a, a big reason I it's come out now, Sky Sports did a, did a story um, you know, about the lack of movement in and out of the club and, and talked about how the club is, is trying to invest in the infrastructure and um, going forward trying to get to a place, you know, it could be years and years, it could be decades where we, we can compete financially with you guys due to financial fair play and, and the, you know, the big six and, and try to get up to those levels. So we're completely um, at redoing the stadium. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be, you know, about 40,000 seats, a little more than 40,000 seats when it'll be finished. They're building hotels. You know, we just built um, one of the best training facilities in the world with um, some of that Harry Maguire money, that famous Harry Maguire money, um, and and that's that. Those are the kind of facilities that you need to attract, you know, the world class talent that it takes to compete with the big six, and and so we are an ambitious team and we are an ambitious side. And I think the patience level is what's going to be the hardest for fans. And and honestly, I think that's also a good analogy for Brendan because. Um, Patience might be what's required, and I honestly don't know how much, you know, the club, they've said all the right things on the outside about having patience with him, but you also got to wonder it, it, where Brendan's head is at. Um, we, we still owe him $30 million, so, but 
he's he's asked he said last year that he would like you know six or seven new players after the forest loss and he hasn't been able to get the players he wanted and then he comes into this transfer window and he gets nothing um i you know it's it's not a comfortable situation i'm not gonna lie it's 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 one of those things that you're just constantly worried about almost as much as injuries honestly is where everyone's head is at in all this and um going into a, a game against you guys it's it's not the best place to be really <laughs> i guess that leads perfectly on to who do you sell and do you sell or is it a question of do you sell a big asset this summer like a james madison for say 60 million or you know there's talk of fafana to chelsea for maybe like 70 75 do you sell one of those two assets to help and and maybe the Yuri Tielemans move to Arsenal finally, kind of after all the rumor and speculation uh, happens. And do you, do you sell kind of two of those players to help bankroll the new season, or is Brendan unfortunately under so much pressure at the moment that that he, you know, selling two star players to bankroll a, a recruitment led by him? Is that not something that we we kind of want to happen? Well, it's it's interesting. If 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 the Telemans deal does happen, um, we'll see him and maybe one of the other two that you spoke about go. But it's going to be for a lot. Um, we're no longer you know a club that has to sell necessarily. We do have a, a lot of dead weight. Uh, pardon my you know term for that but we do have players on high wages that we need to get out but we're unable to because of that now next year we have six or seven guys that come up on there so the squad will be a lot different but this year um you know it kind of is what it is and they've offered i don't know what the hell chelsea's doing they've offered you know 70 million like three or four times now and we just keep saying what are you doing it's more than that he's worth more than that um, I think they think that we're just going to give up, but I can tell you that's not going to happen um, unless they're willing to come off a player that we value. Uh, that 70 number needs to be more around 90, if I'm honest, or 85, uh, 85 to 90 right in there before um, he's going to go anywhere. He did sign a new five-year deal, uh, so he's we've got him under contract. I don't think he's the kind of player to pull a Mares, uh, where you know what we saw, what he did with the Man City business um because Fafana is a guy that dreams this world cup year doesn't allow a player to do that that wants to be on world cup side now it's a long shot for him to get into the that's an insane you know set of defenders that France has on that team but he is that good of a player that he will be a national player and an injury here an injury there and suddenly he needs to be showing what he's worth and and uh I I honestly think the best place for that is him because Chelsea's got defenders it'll be a, a stacked backfield there anyway so I think um plus watching their first game of the year his price went up at least 10 million watching their back line in the mess that that was when it comes to Madison really the only rumor has been Newcastle uh they offered us I think 40 which Brendan said was about the price of his uh, left thigh and um, then our owners were quoted in an article that that was borderline offensive to them, that that's all that they offered. So unless somebody comes in, you know, again with another one, I would say Madison's probably a 75-ish if I had to put a number on him where, where we would even be talking about it. But I also thought Ben Chilwell would go for more than he, he did. So it's hard to say. Um, we're a club that's it's, it's proud of like the, the um, academy that we've built. We're, we're 
making players like Ben Chilwell and Karen Dewsbury Hall and Luke Thomas and Hamza Chowdhury, you know, and so we, we just need to have here and there and be patient because we, we don't have the money to to splash the cash like you guys. And when you have a, a, a player like that come into our club through our, our very, you know, good recruitment, um, you got to hold on to him and make and make guys pay for him and pay for his worth because we're not a club that needs to uh, be a selling club anymore. All righty. Let's get on to some predictions. A, a predicted lineup and a predicted school would be great. Uh, mine is going to be, uh, I think we'll see Ramsdale in goal, Ben White at right back. Fafana's old centre-back partner, Saliba at right centre-back. We'll have Gabriel at left centre-back, uh, Zinchenko at left-back. Um, probably party in the midfield with Xhaka and then Saka, Erdegaard, Martinelli and Jesus leading the line. Uh, I'm going to go for two... I'm going to go for three nil. And I think it's it's just because it's first home game, game in the season. Positivity is unbelievably high around Arsenal at the moment. And I feel like there is some unsettledness almost about Leicester and the situation that they're in. And it's almost an opportunity for Arsenal to capitalise and and make a statement. And there are going to be some players who are going to want to impress on their on their home debut. Um but from you, uh, what 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 would your predicted lineup and scoreline be? Well, I uh, just real quick, I, I just want to touch on you guys because you know, uh, being a podcast host myself, I'm I'm interested on your transfer window because for so long we've we've just heard you know about the Cronkies not spending the money for you guys. Where are you, how are you feeling right now about those those transfers that you've brought in and the fact that they're actually splashing some cash? It's good. I think the pro- the thing is, it's about time. My opinions on the the kind of situation of the Cronkies is that they weren't willing to spend any money whilst they weren't 100% owners of the club because they didn't want to financially benefit somebody else, which kind of makes a little bit of sense. Um, But then it made us run on a completely self-sustained model, which to be competing at the top level when you've got the likes of Roman Abramovich and the Saudis and and, and oil money that's in this country, it becomes unbelievably difficult. I am aware that it it, lit- it can't go on forever and we are reaching our cap kind of, especially in financial fair play. But if you look at the amounts that we'd, we'd spent kind of before that, it's it's good to... See. And our squad really needed it. Like we were... We, we still have Mustafi and like other random players from, from kind of weird bygone eras uh, <laughs> at the club. So we really needed heavy investment and it's it's really good to see that the um the ownership have realized that and yeah like i say all things are quite positive around uh arsenal at the moment you know we're we uh, all of the fans well i'd say all most of the fans as like any club there'll always be sections of fans that that have their own opinion and disagree and whatever but most of the fans seem to be pulling in the right direction and we seem to be heading somewhere quite positive which is really really nice is his uh, is cranky? What is his son's position with the club? Is he is it a formal role or is he actually do day to day? Because as an American, we're always curious about these American-owned clubs and how much they're actually. You know, are they just hiring somebody out to do the work, or is he actually getting involved in 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 some transfers, etc.? I don't think he gets involved in transfers, but he is involved with the club. I think Josh is is the guy that runs it. His son. 
that's what it at least seems to be since kind of kind of 2018 2019 when they took full ownership it's been that josh has been the face of kind of cronky sports entertainment for arsenal um and he they got a few they definitely got a few things wrong with you know the unai emery move and and nicola pepe and and a couple of things um but things I would not be surprised if Arsenal start to really get up a challenge and and win more trophies. Uh, the the picture and the view of of kind of the Cronkies around the club will will change purely by the nature of success breeds positivity. Um, I'm quite so so on him at the moment. I I think it's too early to judge, and also I've not seen enough of what other than the kind of absolute failure of Unai Emery to give any sort of, of judgment on his ability to 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 take custodian custody of the club. But um what it seems to be is he's very happy to hire experts and people to run the club and he is more of like a, the guy that signs it off kind of in an executive way. Sure, absolutely, man. I, I I get that. That's interesting because they're uh, they're quite the uh, sports owners here in the U.S. So I didn't want to hijack your question or anything, but I was just curious as far as uh, how much day to day they were actually doing over there. Um, but yeah, back to your original question, mate. Uh, I think our lineup's going to look pretty much the same as we saw last week. Now the the difference is I I spoke about it being kind of a five at the back formation, and I think obviously against you guys. Um, at the Emirates, I think uh, we'll we'll definitely see the more defensive side of that five at the back. So we'll definitely see Ward and goal again, Timmy Castagne. The only question mark I have is Dan Amarty, but I'm not sure who he'd stick in there. So it, probably him, Johnny Evans, and uh, Fafana, and then James Justin will be in there. Uh, and then that Tielemans and Didi, uh, Dewsbury Hall, uh, James Madison midfield with Vardy up top. Maybe Daka up top if if because I honestly am kind of shocked that Brendan played him 90 minutes against Brentford. Um, you know, when just one of the many complaints I have about the Brentford match, uh, you know, Brendan uses one of the five available subs, one of five when Brentford uses five on an insanely hot day, you know, in Leicester, it just, the guys were dead. And then after the game, they asked Brendan, you know, what went wrong? And he says, well, the guys were fatigued. Well, you used one, one of five subs, Brendan. So <laughs> just one of the problems that we have, but yeah, uh, Jamie played, uh, 90 minutes. And so we'll, uh. We'll see how much uh, he has in the tank, I guess. this Not having European football this year is going to be incredibly helpful for the squad. Um, that's That was so tough for us last year, having to come back from God knows where in the conference league and then have to play you guys, have to play Tottenham in three days. It was just killer. So especially for some of our older players like Johnny Evans, who ended up getting hurt last year, and, and Jamie Vardy, I, I do think, and Mark Albright, and I do think that it's going to be beneficial to kind of have a few more days off and but maybe we'll see Pats and Daka start up top but I honestly think it'll be a pretty unchanged starting uh starting 11 for us versus you guys on Saturday amazing and what do you think the score will be we'll see how positive you are <laughs> oh I would be I would be uh I would be thrilled with something like 2-2 if a, but um honestly I've, I've been impressed with you guys thus far uh Crystal Palace was 
was kind of a uh, trap match for you guys in the beginning of the year, kind of like Brentford was for us, in my opinion. So to see you get away with those wins and, and kind of be clicking, uh, I'd be lying. It probably will, realistically, I'm, we're probably looking at a 3-2, which will mean an uh, uncomfortable environment for us as we share a bar with the San Diego Gooners. Uh, they're mostly good people, but, you know, being the size club you are, there'll be about 100 of them at the bar versus hopefully 15 of us. Uh, <laughs> I have some some of the invitations yet to be fulfilled, so it, it'll be uh, an interesting one, but it's all good fun, and uh, we, we enjoy them much more than some of the other supporter groups here in San Diego. I'll say that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for this and hopping on. It's It's great to talk to you and kind of find out more about how you got into English football and... and you know your stuff is it's it's good chat so um thank you so much for hopping on um so if 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 you if any arsenal fans listening to this fancy it i it let me just get up the at so i can say it correctly it is at us foxes on uh on twitter go chuck them a follow and um yeah, um, I'll send you a message after the game and i'll either i'll either cry about what happens or maybe be pleasantly happy but we'll see yeah, man, if nothing else, they could hop on just to uh, laugh at us talking shit at Chelsea fans for being, you know, upset that we won't take their cheap bids for Wesley oh, yeah. Fafana. We can all have joy in that. And yeah, dude, thank you so much for the invitation. Um, obviously, you know, being a football fan, uh, it, it's cool to chat, but I also have mad respect for uh, the podcast community. And I know the effort and uh, what it takes to run a show like this. Uh, while having a full-time job and having a life or trying to and keep people entertained for nothing more than, you know, just uh, the the pure entertainment of it. So um, mad respect to you. I uh, love what I've heard so far of the show and I'll, I'll continue checking in with you, man. And yeah, uh, thank you so much again. I appreciate it. No, no, this is this is great. And I'll, I'll check you a message before the, the, the reverse fixture and we'll get on and we'll do this again. Absolutely. Sounds awesome, dude. All righty. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, keep it definock and we will see you later. Peace. Cheers. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Knock and Arsenal podcast. Please hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you're using. If you'd like to support the Different Knock, you can find us on Patreon and buymeacoffee.com. We're on all social media at Diffknock. Thanks. Podcast Network.